1: of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, here with our 369th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast, everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. We're going to have a special guest for this episode, Mr. Corey Wooten, former defensive end of the Chicago Bears. He's going to help us uh, get prepared this week for the game against the Atlanta Falcons, who are 4-6. and six. Haven't lost their last two, and they'll be taking on the Bears, who are 3-7 and seven at 1 p.m. on Sunday at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. The Bears are have lost six of their last seven, but they seem to have found some new life in the play of quarterback Justin Fields here in the uh, 2020 season. So, Corey, we want to welcome you to the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. How's everything going?
2: Oh, thanks for having me on. I'm doing well. It's cold out here. I'm 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 in St. Louis right now. We had snow last night, so last week I was on the golf course. Uh, you know, it was 80 degrees on Wednesday, and now all of a sudden it's uh, 30. So, <laughs> talk about swing a swing of events.
1: <laughs> yeah, no doubt. I'm sitting here looking at some of my golf balls and uh, probably won't be using these uh, Bridgestones in a while for a little bit. It's not real cold down here, but, you know, it's under 50, so that's a uh, cause for concern in the ATL. <laughs> but, yeah, yep. uh, Corey, um, just, you know, so my listeners know, you played from 2010 to 15 with the Bears, uh, 10 to 13, and then uh, the Vikings one year played in 60 games, 22 starts, six, 270-pound defensive end out of Rutherford, New Jersey, and the legendary Don Bosco High. So I uh, went on to have a fine career. You want to update our listeners on what you're doing now?
2: Yeah. So since I've retired in the NFL in 2016, uh, I do real estate investments. So I do flips. Uh, I do two to three a year. And then I have a, a portfolio of rental properties. All, all single families uh, up here in St. Louis. Um, so it's, it's been really good. And then I do broadcasting as well. I work for Fox 32 in Chicago worked for big 10 network, uh, work for another, uh, network, CHGO in Chicago. And then I work as a part of the, the believe network as a podcast network that just partnered up with SiriusXM. XM.
1: Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Y'all, he's from Northwestern. So he's a smart <laughs> uh, <laughs> Little A little bit, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. They don't let everybody in Northwestern course. <laughs> <All right>. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. But, um, just a little bit on the uh, evolution of Justin Fields. We know him. He's uh, from the uh, Harrison High down here in Cobb County, and saw him go to Georgia and Ohio State. The folks know who he is, but you know, let's let the people know what he's doing in Chicago this year. Uh, you know, I know he went two and eight last year. Got a new coach, new new operation up there. Uh, just give us a Justin Fields update. Yeah.
2: So early on in the season, uh, he really struggled, right? I think it was a combination of, of play calling by the offensive coordinator, Luke Getzey, and just Justin Fields not being confident, right? They weren't scripting for success for him. And the past four weeks, he's really coming to his own. It's it's been a complete 180, right? They're allowing him to use his feet, you know, some zone reads, getting him on the move, some boots, some play actions, and that's where he really has been confident in the past four weeks. He's been arguably one of the most explosive offensive weapons in the NFL. I mean, what he's been able to do with his feet, uh, he's had he's had two back to back really awesome runs the past couple weeks. And he's so dynamic. So I feel like he hasn't even scratched the surface of what he can be, right? They're doing a lot of intermediate and shorter throws. The next step for him is is to really work on that long passing game. And coming out, I was surprised that the Atlanta Falcons didn't take a look at him. Um, you know, because I really feel like he could have been an option there just because he's a local kid, and I'm sure they were scouting him. Um, but I think, yeah, he hasn't even scratched the surface of what he can be, and he doesn't have all the weapons. The offensive line has been suspect at times. They do have a great running game, but imagine next year when they actually get weapons. They have a lot of cap space and a lot of draft picks. So I really feel like the sky is the limit for Justin Fields. If we surround him with a lot of talent, I believe he can be – Arguably, you know, a top five quarterback.
1: Yeah, that was one of the issues. I think I had him coming here in the mock, um, you know, but I had it explained to me that, you know, if you take the tight end, who's going to probably affect 10, 15 plays a game, or do you take the tackle, pinay Sol, who's going to play 70, you know, 63, 70 snaps a game. and You get more bounce for your buck there. Uh, but the Falcons didn't feel that way. And, uh, uh, you know, Fields ends up going eleven to the Bears. So, and, you know, everybody down here wishes him the best. So uh, good luck to Justin. Probably, you know, the fans don't want him to beat the Falcons, but they still yep. probably want to <laughs> wish him the best. But uh, what about the Bears' trades here? We saw uh, Robert Quinn and Roquan get moved. Roquan's from Georgia also. And we saw him react to the, the Quinn move. Uh, uh, what, what, what was going on with the Bears kind of dumping their, their, their defensive guys?
2: So I understood the Robert Quinn trade just because, you know, it's his 12th year. He wasn't going to be here year, uh, next year. So he wasn't playing as well as he did the previous season where he set the Bears sack record, single season sack record. He just, he just didn't have the same burst. He didn't have the same pass rush. So I understood that, right? They were getting a fourth round pick. It was a win-win for both teams. The Eagles got a good, uh, you know, pass rusher. They were in need of that for a team that's probably going to make a playoff run. And the Bears got a fourth round pick, but Roquan Smith, I really didn't understand that, you know, um, I I guess they got to a point where during the summer they couldn't work things out. And I ultimately thought that they were like, Hey, we're we're not going to have him here next year. Um, So they ended up trading him. But for me, I I thought he was an integral part of of this team and it's hard to find good linebackers in this league. So I kind of, I kind of wish it could have worked out because I feel like he was a staple, you know, Chicago bears, you always talk about great linebackers, right? You know, Dick uh, Singletary, Brian Urlacher, Lance Briggs. Roquan was going to be that next big linebacker. Ultimately, I think, um, you know, the GM and him really didn't see eye to eye, and negotiations went sour. And if you remember, he didn't have an agent. So I feel like if he would have had an agent, they would have sorted things out. And that's why I don't understand. I understand when you're coming out of the draft, everything's slated. So you don't really need an agent. You need a lawyer to look over your contract. But when it comes down to second, third contracts – you need an agent, right? They're, they're the middleman that's going to get the job done. And I truly believe if he had an agent, the deal would have been done. He would be a Chicago Bear probably for the rest of his career.
1: Yeah, the agent's more for a buffer. You don't want to hear the bad stuff when the team's talking to you. You know, let them let do that with the agent. And um, uh, I don't know, some of the, the, the kids now, they don't want to uh, pay that 1% or less than 1% or whatever it is for the agent, but. That's it's worth it. It's worth that. it. It's worth it, yeah, for the long haul. And, uh, yeah, so defensively, where's this left them? I know I see Eddie Jackson over there, but I can't yeah. tell you who some of these other people are. I know yeah. Justin Jones. He's from, yeah. from South Cobb here in yeah. uh, uh, the Atlanta area. But, yeah, who, who's this defense? What's yeah. the defense looking like over so there? So,
2: Justin Jones that you talked about, he's he's been like the one bright spot on the defensive line. The defensive line, to be honest with you, has, has really struggled this year. You know, we kind of thought – you know, Robert Quinn would have the same season starting out that he did last year. We thought a guy, Travis Gibson, that's been playing the left end. He had seven sacks last year off the bench. We thought he'd take the next step. And then they had Al-Kadeem Muhammad, who actually went to my high school, uh, Don Bosco Prep. He came from Indianapolis uh, with Iberflus. And as a full-year starter last year, he had six six sacks. So we kind of thought, we hey, we'd have some weapons here. Um, you know, Eddie Jackson's been, you know, back to his Pro Bowl caliber. He has four picks this year. Um, Jaquan Brisker, our draft pick from Penn State has been really good, uh, at the safety position. Gordon, Kyler Gordon, who was the second round pick, um, he really struggled early on, but now he's starting to come in his own, uh, Jalen Johnson, uh, our corner started, uh, started out the season really good. He's been banged up lately, but you know, when he's healthy, he's a real shutdown corner. Um, and then a guy that, that really has flashed since Roquan got traded is Jack Sanborn, right? Linebacker, undrafted guy out of Wisconsin. Last game, he had two sacks. He was flying all over the field. He should have had an interception. They called hands to the face on Jalen Johnson when he hit the guy in the neck. It was just kind of, you know, a bad call by the refs. But, um, yeah, this, this defense is definitely uh, decimated, you know, to be honest with you. And, and you look at what the Falcons are doing well running the football That's something the Bears have struggled with all year. So I think Atlanta's looking at it like saying, hey, we can really make our mark in the run game against them.
1: Yeah, and just two more questions. I want to know how uh, Coach Eberfloss is doing, and then we'll ask you to do the how do you see the game uh, matchup with the Falcons. Coach uh, Matt, he was uh, familiar with his work from Missouri. He coached uh, Sean Weatherspoon and uh, William Moore and my my cousin Robert Staples, who's a – D back there out of St. Louis to Smith, and then uh, he came back and coached the Smith. Oh, wait, Robert he's Stevens is your,
2: is your is your nephew?
1: Yeah, it's my cousin. Yes, uh huh. Yeah, oh, okay. So I played with him in Minnesota. Him. I, I know Robert. Okay, right, yeah, yeah, right, li- yeah, li- yeah, 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 yeah.
2: I, I live, I live in St. Louis. Yeah, he was coaching at the Smith. Okay, yeah, yeah, the be- Smith.
1: He- yeah, yeah. My dad and everybody's from there. Yeah, he's coaching the D backs yeah. at L S U now. Yeah, he uh Coach Zimmer liked him a lot. He just could never break through yep. up there and uh he had him in Dallas and he had a shot with the Rams too before he uh, uh went went into exactly. coaching the high schools. Yeah, so he's doing yeah, good Rob job a good down guy. at LSU. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, that's my cousin. Exactly. That's family. Oh awesome. Saint Louis, yeah. um oh uh Matthew Dickey Boys Club Bulldogs. And uh we all exactly, played coming exactly. up through that and uh with the Royal Knights. Royal Knights and the big yep, yep. Royal Knight guy is uh, uh, what's my man the safety from the Broncos, Steve Atwater. Steve oh, Atwater. Uh, yeah, Steve Atwater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Luther North. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Luther North. Yeah, he was. Uh, he was one of our Royal yeah. Knight uh, alums. Also, yep. Exactly. But well, exactly. yeah, <laughs> I'm We get there. From. Yeah, North yeah. Coast. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. I used to play at Fairground Park back in the day. But okay. um, awesome. uh, so, how's Coach Matt doing uh, in his first year with the Bears? I think
2: he's done a pretty good job, you know, managing everything as, as a first year head coach. A lot, a lot of it's situational football, right? Being in situations when the game's on the line, two minute drills, knowing when to use your timeouts and whatnot. So I think he's done a pretty good job of that. You know, it's just been a little disappointing because a defensive-minded coach, right, the strong suit of your team should be the defense, right, especially with a young quarterback and trying to get things figured out. And the defense has been the, the weak spot of, of this team. So that's the one thing. And, and a lot of it is is the personnel, right? I don't think we have the personnel uh, that we need. After the next year, it'll be a, a better evaluation as this whole staff and GM as a whole. But thus far, I think he's done a great job. The Bears have been in pretty much every every one of these games that they've lost. You know, with the exception of Dallas, they got a little out, out of hand at the end, but they were down to the wire until the fourth quarter in majority of these games. So you look what they did with the Dolphins. They took them down to the wire. If they didn't let up a, a block a punt for a touchdown, they win that game. So. They've been in a lot of games despite the lack of talent, Um, so I think that's a credit to Eberflus having the guys ready to go.
1: Yeah, it looks like he's trying to run a 4-3, at least on paper from the Lions starting lineup, but but I'm sure they mix it up a little bit.
2: Yeah, they they try to run that Tampa too. That's that's same uh, defense I ran with Lovey Smith Mm -hmm. when uh, he coached us. Mm -hmm. Same thing with Tony Dungy when Tampa Bay and and Warren Sapp. Mm -hmm. So Tampa two attacking style, you know, rushing cover. Mm
1: -hmm. All right. Before we let you go, Corey, uh, and I'll I'll, uh, give Robert a shout out here. uh, When we get, I get off the podcast, tell him I had you on. Um, How do you see this matchup with the Atlanta Falcons?
2: So I I think this being a tight one, right? Both teams, really the strength of their offense is, is the running game, right? I think. Um, the Bears defense, we struggle to stop the run. So I think, you know, Atlanta is going to get the best of them in, in the run game. They're going to come out and say, hey, you know, we could we could really capitalize on this. I think Justin Fields is going to play well. I think he's going to beat beat you guys with his feet. He's going to be, beat you with the scrambles, the zone reads. Um, but I ultimately think the running game for, for the Falcons is going to be too much for the Bears. So I think it, uh, 28 to 24, with Atlanta winning the game.
1: Well, all right. Well, Corey, I want to thank you for stopping by the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Good luck to uh, you and all your future endeavors, especially with the Believe Network, uh, who uh, had to set you up to come on and talk with us today. I know our listeners are, uh, you know, all ready to go for Sunday with the great insight you provided us. So I want to say thank you and uh, uh, take care and good luck in your future endeavors.
2: All right. Thank you, Darren Appreciate it, man.
1: This is the Bowtie Chronicles podcast from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution.
0: Ocean breeze. Tropical beach. An air freshener can make your car smell like paradise. A drive to Daytona Beach will actually get you there. Beach on. Plan your trip today at DaytonaBeach.com.
1: We want to thank Corey Wooden for coming by and helping us to get prepared for the upcoming game against the Chicago Bears. But let's press on here today uh, and hear from Coach Arthur Smith about their uh, not being a QB situation here in Atlanta. That was never
3: a situation, ever. I don't know where that, that those are. And I mean, you understand why the questions get, get asked. You lose two games in five days and, I, I, you know, everybody wants to panic we're Right in the middle of it, not where we want to be, but the reality is you're right in the middle of a, of a playoff race with a conference opponent coming in here and a game we need to win.
1: Yep. Uh four and six game back from the Bucs. The Bucs are off this week. Falcons can pick up a game. If they're really in the playoff race, then they need to beat the Bears. Go up to Washington and beat the Commanders and then come back home and beat the Steelers. Then you'll be seven and six at the break with, uh, you know, coming back with uh, four games to go, and you'd be in the race with a, a record over 500. So um, we're going to find out over the next three weeks if they are legitimately in the middle of things like coaches contending here. Now, Uh, Desmond Ritter, so by not playing him, people are starting to say, well, well, he must not be ready. He must not be doing anything. So, um, you know, we decided to ask him if, uh, Desmond Ritter would be ready to play if he had to go in there.
3: We haven't put any two-quarterback plays in. I know D-Lad's always harping that he's the one guy that doesn't play. Usually your backup doesn't unless you put in some two-quarterback packages. Maybe we can, we can get there, D-Lad, done it before. But, uh, look, if they, a guy has a helmet, we have confidence for him to play, whether that's backup guard, you know, the fourth edge rusher, all those guys.
1: Yeah, no doubt about it. He knows I, um, <laughs> you know, you you do put packages in for guys. I'm sorry. I had a, um, you know, when I was coaching little league, I had I had three quarterbacks one year, and uh, one was the main one, you know, and then I had one I put in on the goal line to uh, do the rollout pass play to get the two extra points. And then I had a, a quarterback that went in when we blew people out. He he had his package was an 18 sweep and a 17 sweep. And he scored about eight touchdowns uh, coming off the bench that year. And then uh, Michael Omer went on to play point guard at Morehouse. He did a great job. And, of course, uh, Jacoby Rumlin-Green uh, started at Wheeler and uh, went to small college, uh, Dean College up up north there. So yeah, you can you can play more than one quarterback. I know the old adage is you don't have one if you're playing two, but um, you know part of the development is done on the field. And I was thinking, you know, because of the deep ball passing, maybe you put a package in for Ritter to, uh, you know, at the end of the game, you knew they weren't going down the score. Three fifty-six or two fifty-six left. You know, uh, they didn't go anywhere. They gave up two sacks and. Maybe uh, that would have been that'd have been a heck of a spot to put him in, but you know you're trying to win games and you think of different stuff. And I think of packages for quarterbacks. And he uh, he he said that he's done it before too, but they uh, haven't come up with one yet. Now the big um, we're gonna hear from the the Falcons. They had the number four pick and could have selected Justin Fields. They elected not to select Justin Fields and took Kyle Pitts. Now Justin Fields is going to come in here on Sunday and uh, try to lead the Bears to victory. Here's what Arthur Smith said about Justin Fields. Different, you know. I mean, he's been in it's the second system he's already been in in the NFL. I and mean, I think a
3: lot of times people are so quick to judge one way or the other. There's a lot of things they have to go into it for a guy to be very successful. I mean, one of them, you need the right climate. I think what the Bears have done, they've found an identity. They have a formula right now that's uh, – you know, you see what the numbers are running the football as as well as anybody. And he's a huge part of that. And whether it's design runs or you get in a game like New England, when they get to those third downs, he was able to break those tackles. He's a hard guy to bring down. And those play extensions, I mean, that's been crushing to some people. They they hold the ball and they're able to, some success doing that. And so that's what you're seeing right now. I think you certainly see his confidence growing. He's strong as hell. He's probably the strongest guy they got behind the, in the backfield. You know, with, you know, taking account the running backs. And so he's doing a nice job. And we got to make sure we tackle well. And we got to clearly we need to stop the run, not just him, but their their traditional runs as well.
1: All right. No doubt about it. Let's look at some of the Bears stats. They are three and seven. They have dropped six of their last seven games. Uh, the win was 33-14 to at New England on uh, October the 24th. They had the Bears beat. They're up 14. They got the ball on the interception. Cornerback uh, gets called for a, a unnecessary roughness, hands to the face, and then they Detroit goes down and scores. Justin throws a pick six to Akunda, and they end up losing that one, 31 to 30, in amazing fashion. But Justin's been running the ball great for them. They, you know, look uh, functional on offense, which wasn't the case always the case last year and. Uh, you know when he went two and eight as a starter but Justin Fields is the leading rusher at 104 for 749 Khalil Herbert's their second best rusher but he might be hurt he left the game there we'll need to be uh monitoring him for updates this week 108 for 643 and four touchdowns uh and then Dave Montgomery 115 he starts but uh but uh, Herbert's been doing most of the lifting there uh for 434. And two touchdowns. So that's uh, that's how they're trying to attack. They're trying to work in Claypool, Chase Claypool, who they picked up in a trade. Uh, haven't been able to get him going yet. Just three catches for 21. Darnell Moody's the main receiver. He's got 36 for 464. And they know how to, uh, Kyle, um Cole Komet is uh, coming on strong for him in the red zone with five touchdowns. 23 catches for 274 and five touchdowns falcons only have two uh with kyle pitts now defensively uh the bears uh traded robert quinn traded roquan smith and they got some guys over there balling uh you know some of them we know some of them we had to learn a little bit about but one that jumped out was jack sanborn the um uh, Undrafted rookie from Wisconsin, he led them with uh, 12 tackles last week against Detroit. He had two uh, sacks, and so he's one of the guys on the defensive side of the ball. Okay, and uh, another one over there is Justin Jones, a former uh, South Cobb High and North Carolina State defensive uh, lineman. He's starting there. Former uh, third-round pick by the Chargers, and then Dominique Robinson. Uh, he's a rookie out of Miami of Ohio. We have been following him because we studied all the pass rushers at the Senior Bowl last year. He was the one that uh, people said had a lot of upside to him at uh, 6'5, 249. So I knew he was on their radar. And uh, he's played 266 snaps, 43% of their uh, defensive plays. Kendall Vildor from Georgia Southern is uh, he started nine games. He played in nine, started seven. He was hurt last week, didn't play. Uh, The safeties, Eddie Jackson leads the team with 70 tackles and four interceptions, two-time pro bowler, one-time all-pro, holds it down on the back end, he's going to keep Mariota honest. Jaquan Brisker, rookie out of Penn State, 62 tackles and an interception. Uh, Just for the record, Fields' passing numbers are 122 of 207, Uh, that's 58.9%, 1,489 yards. 12 touchdowns, 7 interceptions, 86.4 passer rating. So, uh, and our three key matchups for this week are Claypool versus uh, Darren Hall, Cole Komet versus Jalen Hawkins, and uh, Khalil Herbert versus Michael Walker. I'm going to change that to probably Fields. Oh, no, I'll leave that. I'll just take it to Montgomery because we don't know about Herbert. But I'm thinking the Falcons got a spy, Fields. And they got the person to do it. They got Troy Anderson, the rookie linebacker. I mean, you know, Fields is running the ball. You might as well put a man on him. It's like, okay, I'm not going to guard Michael Jordan. I'm going to guard. I'm going to guard Michael Jordan. I'm going to put my best guy on him if it's a boxing one or whatever they got to call it. A 43 monster. You know, a 53 monster is the little league defense that I would run, and you you know just have the one guy just stick with the quarterback wherever he goes. The monster man, the wolf back. So. you know they got to... Fields is gonna run the ball whether it's design runs or or, or scrambling scrambling. So uh, you need to be ready for him. And I'll put Troy Anderson on him and play uh, play ten on ten and and have, have Troy go. You know stick with the quarterback. So I don't know. We'll see what Dean Pease has to say about that on Thursday. So let's get to the tail of the tape. It's a uh, it's pretty clear what's going on here. You got um. The uh Bears pass offense. Let's see here. I got all my notes here. The, um, the Bears are top ten in two categories. That's uh pass defense, 230.4. They're 10th and rushing. They're number one in the league in rushing. 201 yards and uh 201.7 yards. And then they are they are in the top 16 in three things. They are in the top 16 in uh, time of possession, 30.30 minutes, 13 seconds. They are tied for 15th, and they are um, 15th in total defense, 345.4. And then they are 14th in turnover ratio. They're at 13-13-0, same as the Falcons. They're both tied for 14th there, where, where they have two top. 10 units and three top 16 units the falcons only have one top top 10 unit and two uh top 16s the one top 10 thing that they do is one rushing 160.4 yards for fourth place and then um, the 23.2 uh scoring offense is 12th in the league and then uh, the zero Turnover takeaway margin thirteen, uh, thirteen and thirteen at fourteenth in the league. So what I have here is uh, we got the Bears' uh, thirty-second pass offense going against the Falcons' thirty-second ranked pass defense. So uh, we'll see. They're gonna try to win. Somebody's gotta win. The Falcons might get back AJ Terrell and that'd be a big plus for them. Then on the conversely, you got the number one ranked. Run offense versus the 19th ranked run defense. So uh, the Falcons dropped 11 spots here from they were in the, they were eighth last week, but then after giving up the 232 yards, they dropped down to 19th in run defense. So they're out of the top 16, out of the top 10. Uh, when you give up a big game like that, this will be the 29th meeting with the Bears. The Bears lead the series 15 to 13. They won the last meeting 30-26 on September the 27th, 2020 at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. That was the game where the Falcons blew a 26-10 lead. Nick Foles came off the bench to throw three touchdown passes and lead the Bears to victory. That was uh, two games later. Falcons coach Dan Quinn would be terminated by the Atlanta Falcons. So with that, We're going to uh, wrap up here at the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. We thank you for listening. And uh, you all take care and have a great rest of your week.
0: Ocean Breeze. Tropical beach. Pina Colada. You can buy an air freshener to make your car smell like you're in an oceanside paradise. Or, better yet you can point your car toward Daytona Beach and come experience the real thing. Visit DaytonaBeach.com to discover all there is to see, do, and enjoy along the world's most famous beach. Daytona Beach, Florida. Beach
1: on. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show.